Welcome, and thank you for joining us at Gallery Church Downtown. Our gathering is about to begin. Please say hello in the comments or connect with us through email at connect at gcbdowntown.com. Take a minute to grab your Bible and open the notes section in our church app to follow along during the teaching. You will also need to have your communion supplies ready for the end of the gathering. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Hope all are well. My name is Andre, and I'm here to welcome you all again, and then we'll have some announcements, and then we will um, move into our generosity in that order. So, get my little script together. Um, so, our church mission is from Ephesians to Tim, for we are God's masterpiece created anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago, and we exist to display God's greatness to the world. And so we at Gallery Church just look forward to just embracing you and being able to display God's goodness. And so we have an app that we would love for you to download. If you do not have that app, please go to either the Google Store or to the Apple Store to download that app that has a lot of great information, announcements, push notifications, and all the information to our social media presence. And so please, please, please download that app because my next announcement is in your app. Moving, we have two more summer growth sessions. And so for those who have participated, it is an opportunity for us to come together in different ways of growth communities to just fellowship with each other, learn um, what God is doing in each other's lives. And so please go to the app and you will see a sign up for summer sessions. There is one next Sunday, next Sunday at five at here in the 1840s building, so that is August the 8th, um, and so we just encourage everyone who just wants to fellowship, please come and sign up. Um, the number of people allowed will be larger than what it was at Pastor Ellis's house, so please feel encouraged to sign up and join us again. Our next session is August the 8th, and then our final session for the summer will be August the 25th, um, which is a Wednesday evening, so please go to the app, we just talked about that, and sign up for the summer sessions. For those who may not know, we are still engaged in our summer series, summer reading series, and so there are two books that um, Pastor Ellis has encouraged the church to read. The first book is What If Jesus Was Serious, and the other book is We Stand Together. And so both of those readings are have been encouraged by Pastor Ellis for us to read over the summer and to discuss amongst our growth communities, families, and friends. And so please continue to read those books, and you'll hear more about how we move forward with those readings um, later on in the month. Lastly, I am here also to make a plea to the congregation, present as well as online. We are in need of some grocery gift cards. And so... We, um, typically, our deacons will 
uh, share um, gift cards for local grocery stores to those who are in need. Um, and so we are asking you all, if you are finding kindness in your hearts, to provide either gift cards in the notion, um, increments of 25 or $50, and or it can be a Visa gift card. And so we are asking all members of the church or guests to please um, find in your hearts to make that donation of gift cards for any local grocery store, and we will make sure that the deacons... Um, are able to get those cards to the people who are in need. So those are our announcements for today. And we will move into our prayer of generosity. And so as we are reflecting on God's goodness, we also want to reflect on how good he's been to us in our giving. And so we would love for you all to continue to consider Gallery a place that's fertile, that's willing and doing the work that he's called for us to do. And so can you please read this prayer aloud with us? Father in heaven, there is nothing I have that you have not given me. All I have am belong to you, brought with the blood of Jesus Christ to spend everything on myself and to give without sacrifice is the way of the world that you cannot abide. But generosity is the way of those who call Christ their Lord, who love him with the free hearts and serve him with renewed minds, who withstanding the delusion of riches that chokes the word, whose hearts are in your kingdom and not in the systems of the world. I am determined to increase in generosity until it can be said that there is no needy person among us. I am determined to trust, be trustworthy with such a little thing as money that you can make. Trust me with true riches. Above all, I am determined to be generous because you, Father, are generous. It is the delight of your daughters and sons to share your traits and to show you are like to all the world. Amen. So God bless you. Please, we have... Um, boxes here if, if you like to give in person or you can also give online. So pray that this generosity prayer has pricked your hearts to share um, what God has given you back to his ministry. God bless you. Hi, good morning, church. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Paula, or Paula. I am one of the elders at church, and I'm from Brazil. And as we continue in this uh, series of habitus, uh, it's important that we just don't come here and listen about it and just leave uh, without changing or without challenging ourselves to actually change. And even when we look at this generosity prayer that we that we read every week, it's interesting to see what we're saying, right? Like, to spend on myself without sacrifice. Like, I just pray that we are able to practice that uh, on our day-to-day. And today we're going to talk a little bit more about prayer and, and the habits of praying. 
And there was a famous church, a famous saying at my church in Brazil. It, it kind of went like this. It said, a lot of prayer, a lot of power. No prayer, no power. So I'm not sure if you heard something similar here. But so when we looked at the group of, uh, of women from the, um, the prayer team, which was, at least in Brazil, mostly composed by moms and grandmoms, right? It's never like the youth or... Uh, so it was always the moms and grandmoms. And everybody looked at them in such a powerful way, especially when they were together praying. They were... It, it almost turned us into like fearful people, like, oh, they're praying now, you know, like they're so powerful. And it was, it felt like God could hear their prayers more than he could hear our prayers. So whenever anybody needed something, they were like, oh, let me go to, their, to them so they can pray about me. And I think often we do that, not understanding that we have the same power, the same freedom to come to God and pray. Um, we all know how prayer is important. Yet, whenever you are invited, in we and myself, whenever anybody at church is invited to join the group of prayer, we're like, oh, you know what? I already participate the worship or the welcome, something else. We're never kind of willing to be in the prayer ministry. It seems like... I don't know. I don't know if maybe it's just me, but that's what we see a lot in churches. Not in this church, in, in other churches. Um, but it's interesting to see, like, we all know prayer is important. The disciples knew that prayer was important. And the disciples, if you think about they never asked Jesus, Jesus, how can we heal people? You know, how can we uh, build a church what do we need to do to, to grow a church? But they did ask Jesus about, uh, about prayer. They said, teach us how to pray. And prayer was a common practice in the Jewish culture, but, but they saw that what Jesus had and what Jesus did was different. Um, because Jesus prayed to relate to his father, to get to know him more. And I feel sometimes what we do is we use the prayer at the beginning of our service and at the end of our service just to add some spirituality, right? So it's just like, oh, let's now pray and let's end with a prayer. But it's not like we are into that, like let's now pray and focus. Or what would you think if I come here and say, instead of hearing the teaching, let's just pray so maybe most of you would be like, oh, really? Because somehow it's awkward to pray with one another. Sometimes it's awkward if somebody takes too long to pray, especially before meals, right? You're like so hungry and the person is like praying, praying. Why? Why is it like that? And what does the Bible teach us about prayer? The basics of prayer is go into your room, shut the door, Spend time with God. Spend time alone with Him. Don't make it a ritual. Don't pretend to be someone else. Uh, there's a person in my family that every time he, he's, he goes to pray in front of others, his voice deepens a little bit. So he goes like, dear Lord. You know, like, and I'm like, 
Who's that praying? Like, why are you making funny voices? Like, you know, we don't need to be that. God knows who we are. We just need to empty our hearts, talk to him, and desire his presence. It's that simple. The Bible also teaches about praying continually, which means it's like nonstop prayer. And when I was young, I used to think that the only way I could pray was like by my bed, with my knees on the floor, no pillows or anything, because that would be like wrong. And I couldn't pray on my couch. Uh, I had to have the right posture, the right attitude. But now I know that, of course, some of this was uh, helped me focusing while praying, right? Because if you're lying on your bed, like, okay, let me pray right now. Oh, Jesus. You know, like, you're going to feel tired and and feel sleepy, and you might not even pray. So I think the posture, of course, is important. But Jesus wants to, Jesus and God, they want us to pray continually, right? So if you're driving your car, and if I'm doing my laundry, and there's a lot of laundry uh, with kids, like I'm praying, I'm praying over their clothes, I'm praying over them as I'm doing stuff at my home. And this is what we have to have in mind. We don't need to have, it's important that we go to our closet, to our, not closet, I'd go to my closet to pray, but you can go to your bedroom, shut your door to your office, but we can always pray while driving, while walking, running. We can do that all the time. And uh, with my kids, we pray before lunch, we pray before our meals. And then the other day I was walking with Pedro, my son, in... And I was praying, and he was like, uh, I, I praised the Lord. I said, thank you, Lord, for this day. This is such a beautiful day. And he was like, Mom, we already prayed at lunch. Like, we don't need to pray now. <laughs> and then I was able to explain to him, like, why this is so important. The Bible tells us about abiding in, in the Lord. And there's a verse in John 15 that says, I'm not sure it's up. Yes, thank you. That says, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I remain in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. Imagine how powerful this is. And of course, he doesn't mean that we abide in him and then all of a sudden we ask for like a billion dollar house and then it's going to be given to us. If it's his purpose, maybe it will be given to us. But once we abide in him, we are so connected, we're so close to God that we know what we need to ask. We're not going to be asking for anything. And it's not because we're praying the hardest that he will listen to us, but because we abide in him and he abides in us. And sometimes we get so busy that we just come to God to pursue things and not to pursue a relationship with him. Um, and the Bible also teaches how we can be sure that he will listen. And I want to read Isaiah with you. Uh, it's 58 from 5 to 9, and I can read it. It touched me very much to see 
what we need to do to make sure we are listened by God. And it says, Is this the kind of fast I have chosen? Only a day for people to humble themselves? Is it only for bowing one's head like a reed and for lying in sackcloth and ashes? Is that what you call a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is it not the kind of fasting I have chosen to lose the chain the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke to set the oppressed free and, be, and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? Then, if you do all those things, your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. And then the last verse says, Then you will call and the Lord will answer you. You will cry for help and he will say, Here I am. So we need to be doing those things. We can't just live a selfish life and think that we will pray and he will answer but we need to search for him, search for his presence, abiding him, and he will abide in us. And then we will be seen doing those things. And then the Lord will be there for us. He's always there for us. Prayer is about communication. It's about relationship. So when you start dating, all you want to do is talk to the person you're dating, right? You text, and then you send WhatsApp messages, or you, I don't know, you send emails, you talk to him on the phone all the time, and you're like so in love, because you want to get to know that person. And that's how prayer works. You talk, but you also spend time waiting for God to talk to you. He invites us to make ourselves and our requests known to him in prayer, and maybe some of you will think, well, but if he already knows everything that we're asking, why do we need to ask? And he does that not because he's unaware of what we need, but because he desires to relate to us. Isn't it so special that the God, the creator of everything, wants to relate to us? And sometimes we just come to him like a child that says, oh, I want this, I want that, I want this, that, that, and that. Like, no, he wants to relate to us. He wants to give us something more. He wants to give us himself. And what happens then if I pray? Well, if you pray, he will be closer to you. And the, the verse in Philippians, I don't know if it's, if it's up, yes, uh, says, the Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything. This is one of the verses maybe I should put it on my forehead or everywhere I see because I'm kind of an anxious person. Um, but it's, it's good to see that he tells us, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I have an aunt, and she's a missionary in Thailand. She's been there for over 30 years now. And 
um, her husband is now sick with COVID. And it's very sad. It's just the two of them there. And uh, they are struggling a lot. Um, he's in a very bad situation now. But, and we've been praying about him. But when you talk to her, she has such a peace in her heart. It's like, it's just unbelievable. And it has to be the peace of God. Like, it is his peace. Because you can see on her voice, on the way she records messages to us, she's like, I know he will do what's best. And I'm praying for healing, but he has the power. He has the control. And the doctors were telling her, like, maybe there isn't much hope. And she's like, but what is an infection? What is this disease to God who created the lungs? He created his lungs. So, like, what is an infection? Like, it's so small. So, it's such a great faith because she has that intimacy with God and that relationship with him. And whatever our request is, he will listen, big or small. Um, and praying is so important because it always changes what needs to be changed. Sometimes the prayer will change the situation. Sometimes maybe if we pray, maybe God will heal, will heal my uncle. But maybe he will not. And sometimes it will change the way we see the situation. So sometimes God will answer the way we want him to answer but sometimes he will change the way we see the situation. 1 John 5.14 says, This is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. So it's so powerful. Prayer is such a powerful tool. But then why don't we pray more? Like everybody knows that's a number one must do in church. Why don't we pray more? And I was reading this book and um, I liked the, the way they expressed it. They said, sometimes we see prayer like we see perfume. And I'll explain. It says, um, sometimes we turn to God in prayer almost as if we were doing him a favor. We're like, okay, it's time to pray. Let me... Let me do this for you, God. And we see, we treat prayer like a perfume, like a welcome, but non-essential addition to the air. We, we, it almost feels like we're so safe in everything we do. We're so safe in our comfort zones that it, it almost feels like we don't need to pray, but we do. And maybe we get to a point, and I don't know, maybe if you, you've experienced this, I have, experienced a situation that was completely out of your control. Something that were like, you couldn't do anything, you couldn't ask anybody to do anything for you, and that is the time when I'm sure you prayed the hardest you could. At least it was for me. Uh, in my journey, many of you know, but in my journey to conceive, I was like first going to doctors, then asking the group of moms and grandmoms to pray for me. Then I was asking my group of, of uh, the girls group at church to pray with me. 
Then I was like, oh, let me reach out to this like girlfriend who's like super powerful in prayer. Let me ask her to pray for me. And then I started like that, one doctor, another, another. And one day I was so desperate. I, I was in my bathroom and I just lay down right there, like no pillows, no, nothing comfortable. I just laid down there and I prayed and I prayed and I cried. And, and he, I, I, I left that place knowing that he had heard me. I didn't know for sure if he was going to do it, if he was going to allow me to conceive, which he did. And the proof is Bella running around and making all the noises um, around here. But I left that place knowing that he had heard me. I had in me that feeling that maybe for the first time in a while, he had heard my prayers. And not because he didn't want to hear my prayers, but because I was not committed enough to pour down my heart, to lay, to empty myself. And I challenge you to do that uh, whenever you have a situation. Um, Psalm 73 says, uh, and I love this passage, that says, Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. That's how I was feeling on, on that day. And I was like, who have I in heaven but you? Nobody else can do anything for me but you. We need to start seeing prayer more like oxygen, more, which is the element of the atmosphere our lives depend on. We need to see prayer like that, not just like perfume. And sometimes we don't pray because we don't feel the prayer. Because we want to just come to the Lord and feel. But praying consistently is hard when it seems like we're not feeling it. But it's not an act of feeling. It's an act of obedience. The Bible tells us to pray. And we need to pray constantly. And you can choose your own time, your own space, like I mentioned. You don't need to be by your bed. You can go to your closet. You can pray while you're driving, while you're working. Because the goal of the prayer is to get closer to the Creator. He's right there. And the closer you get to the light, the more you will reflect light. And isn't it that way when you see somebody that's so full of God, you just want to be close to that person because he reflects God so much, his light. And, and lastly, um, our, we don't pray or we, we think that God doesn't hear our prayers because our iniquities have separated us from God our sins, our transgressions. And Isaiah 59 says, Surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor his ear too dull to hear. But your iniquities have separated you from God. Your sins have hidden his face from you, so that he will not hear. So when we come to him, we need to ask, Lord, and we can be transparent to him, we can say, Lord, I have sinned, I have said this, or I have done that. But you know me, you know my heart, you know why I'm here. 
I'm here because of this, this, and that. And because I feel that way, or I feel angry, or I feel sad, or I feel frustrated, we can all pour it out before him. And we don't need to be perfect to pray. Don't get me wrong. We don't need to be and, uh, wait until we're pure and perfect to pray or to have the deep tone voice. We don't need to do that. We can come to him as we are and simply pray. We don't need to use fancy words. We don't need to change, as I said, the tone of our voices. We don't need to repeat ourselves. He sees you and he listens to you and to what you have to say. He knows what you're going through. But it's, it's a matter of us really wanting that connection, really doing it intentionally. Spending time praying is getting to know him. And our prayers do not reach God because who we are or because of what we say or, about, or because of anything we do. We possess neither the power nor the righteousness to be heard by him. All prayers rely on God's grace. And he's so gracious to us. God does not answer prayers because of, repu of, because of our reputation. But he answers prayers because of his reputation. We want to believe that a prayer succeeds or fails because of what the person praying uh, is. Maybe because of a person's holiness, righteousness, or devotion. But Jesus says it's not about that at all. Instead, prayer is received and answered because our Heavenly Father is holy and He is righteous and because He is devoted to us. So today, I, I would like to pray, to spend some of this time praying. Thank you, Summer. Summer will be pray, uh, playing for us. And what I would like to do is to pray Uh, for all of us, and then I would like us to get in groups, and we can do, because of social distancing, we can do like one group here, one half group here, half group here, and you two guys can join there. Or <laughs> uh, And I would like us to pray, and maybe we, we can start praying about our church and our leadership. We can pray about our city. We can pray about our government, and we can pray about our families. So I'll start praying, and I'd like to join me in this prayer, pouring out your own heart and, and talking to him, uh, being transparent and knowing that he listens to you. So let me pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for, we thank you for this time such a special time and a privilege to be in your presence it's such a privilege to know that you hear us that you listen to us and that we can come to you however we are with our mistakes with our transgressions with our yokes because you change our you will change our hearts and you will change our minds And you can change our hearts and, and our actions. And Lord, we pray that as we come to you today, that we leave this place renewed. 
we want to get to know you. Lord, we, we desire your presence and we want to desire your presence even more. Lord, I pray for each one of the, of the people that are here at our church, for the ones that are watching it. Lord, we pray that we come closer to you, that we are able to abide in you and that you can abide in us. We want to make room for you, Lord. We want to open our hearts and our minds so that you can live in us, so that we can live in constant prayer, in a constant prayer life. We don't want to make it just a random act once a week that we spend time with you praying, but we want to be praying continually, Lord. Lord, we thank you for everything you do for us. We thank you for your sacrifice on the cross. We thank you for taking away our sins and our mistakes and our transgressions and just by pouring your blood over us and for healing us. Lord, we thank you for your life and for being such a powerful God that is waiting to relate to us. We want to relate to you, Lord. We want prayer to be a habitus for us, just like we brush our teeth every day, just like we wash every day. We want to do that because you are important. You are the most important thing for us. Lord, and as we separate into groups now, I pray that we, we are able to pray together more, that we don't feel embarrassed when we pray of the things we say or because we're saying this or that, but that we feel as a family praying together and that we know that you, our Father, is listening to us, Lord. So we st we'll start this time praying for specific for specifics. We're going to pray for our city. We're going to be praying for our leadership, for our church, for our families. Lord, and, and we pray that that you will hear us as we approach to you desiring your face and desiring to know you more and more Lord in Jesus' name I pray Amen so if we can pray now into small groups and you can just turn your chairs uh, and we spend some time while you can worship while we pray please Summer
Lord, we love you. We want to lift our voice this morning. We've been lifting it this morning. And we want to worship you, Lord. Let this be a sweet sound to you. Take joy in what you hear from us. We don't want to approach you only with requests and demands and needs. But we also want to approach you, Lord, your throne with thanksgiving, with joy. Lord, we love you. We need more of your Holy Spirit in our lives, in our families, in our society, in our cities. Help us be a generation that loves your name, that loves your presence, Lord. We thank you for for this time. Lord, we thank you for understanding more of your presence and about prayer. And we want this to become our day-to-day life with you, Lord. We thank you for everything you've done for us. In Jesus' name. the end of our service today I'd like to invite you to come to the table the Lord's table and I don't know how, how many of you have the this container with uh, a cracker and a wine it's a privilege to be at God's table you know uh, the most important uh, decisions was made were made in a table when people were talking when people were eating together and on this situation here in this case it wasn't different because in the the night what when it was Jesus was betrayed everybody were eating with him so he stopped he took the bread he gave thanks for the for the bread and broke the bread, the, the bread and gave to his disciples saying this is my body eat it and you have in your container in one of the sides like a cracker I don't have mine here so I think I need one Andre please oh I think do you have yours oh, thank you so much so you can open it. This represents the body of Christ that was broken for us. So let's eat it together.
the same way, Jesus took the cup, gave thanks for the cup, gave to his disciples, saying, This is my blood that was shared with the forgiveness of your sins. So if you open it, Now we can proclaim the three simple phrases that we always proclaim here in the end of our communion. That is, can you repeat with me? Christ has died, Christ is risen, and Christ will come again. So, can you stand up with me, please? Thank you for coming today. It is our benediction. So as we live in today, may our heart be full of prayer. May, be, may our heart be full of the presence of God. And may our prayer be as a air, the oxygen that we need through our lives. So God bless you guys. In Jesus' name.